You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on today's show, we're going to have Jonathan Federa. He is the owner, CEO, founder, all of those fun things. President. Oh, president, sure. <laughs> of Integrated Business Financial. He's out of New York and he's going to talk to us about debt and everything with financing. He is. It's a going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say about advice and tips he has for small business owners regarding financing or things they can do to, if they need business credit, all those types of things. I'm always, I'm always curious about that. I am too, but I think that we need to talk about a lot of the small business owners who we have spoken with, worked with, et cetera, who are not big fans of debt. Yeah, I don't understand that. Do you? I don't either, but you know, I kind of grew up in a world where, I, I mean, I was taught from a young age, like you need to, you know, establish credit. You need to have debt. Like, you know, there's, and there's good debt, there's bad debt, but it's, it's good to have debt. Yeah. I think um, I'll be really curious what he has to say about um, debt, small business owners taking on debt and what it does for them. Um, and you know, what they're, you know, healthy debt, I guess, if he'll, if he's going to talk to us about that, I'm curious about that. Well, yeah, it's like, I mean, everything that I learned when I was in school, um, wait, you went to school. Yes, I did. I, but, did, not, I did not know that. Yes. Um, but everything that we, we, when we were reviewing, uh, companies, financials and things like that, um, you know, the professors or whoever would always say to us that the, like a, a big indicator of like a, a company that you don't want to invest in is um, somebody who doesn't have debt because that means that people don't trust them as a business owner or, or as a company. Like if, if they don't have debt, then there's something going on there. Oh, that's interesting. I never even really thought about it like that, but that's a, that's actually a good way to look at it. Yeah. Huh. So that was smart professor. Professors. Yes. yes. Professors. Um, yeah. But yeah. It was always, it was always interesting to, to look at that because the, um, you would think that like, if you could pay for something yourself, why not pay for it yourself? But if you want to grow, the best way to do that is to borrow money, mm-hmm. use somebody else's money to help you grow. And then use, I mean, and you can, you know, double what you're investing and you still have something to kind of lay back on just in case. Yeah. What are your thoughts on lines of credit? Um, I mean, every business that I've ever worked for has had a line of credit. Um, my dad, I mean, he was a small business owner. He always had a line of credit open. And it's, I mean, it's great because it's, it's like, it's a short-term like loan, basically. Like you're like, you have to pay it back within 12 months or whatever the terms are. But um, you know, especially in, in seasonal businesses and things like that. I mean, you might need it just to make payroll this month. Correct. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing that there were probably a lot of businesses that when, you know, the pandemic hit in 2020, if they had lines of credit, they were very grateful. They had those lines of credit because that was a little bit of extra security for people. It's a little bit of extra security. In that scenario, I'd be a little, little more hesitant to draw on a line of credit just because you do have to pay it back. And if there's no end in sight, then, you know, 
I mean, that's the bank can call that at any time. Granted, I mean, with the pandemic and everything, I mean, everybody's been a little bit, a little bit more lenient in terms of paying loans back and all of that. But, but yeah, having that line of credit, having, uh, I mean, credit cards available. When we talked to Chris Cannon um, out of Tennessee, yeah, Johnson, Johnson City. City. Yeah, that's no? the, I was trying to figure out the name. Um, yeah, he was just talking about that when they had that, that disaster, he basically pulled every credit card he had out of, you know, the, the drawer out of his wallet. Yeah, he found some he forgot he had. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I've got this much credit that I can use. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had a, a good relationship with his bank, um, which is another one of those things where, you know, we, we tell you that you should have a good relationship with a lawyer and an accountant and all of that. But having one with a bank is critical as well, because walking in there sight unseen and they don't know who you are, you're not going to get the time of day. You don't have to be a customer. You don't have to have an account with them. You don't, you know, but just make that, make that connection, know who you need to talk to. So Mm -hmm. when, if things get bad, you have a phone number, at least you have a phone number. Yeah. I think, you know, that's growing up, I grew up, you know, small town, Minnesota, we very small state bank of Belle Plaine. And, um, you know, you knew every person that worked in there, everybody that walked into the bank, they knew, and you knew everyone who was working there. You go to the drive-thru. And I mean, I can still remember Geraldine Sons was the woman who worked the drive-thru always. Yeah. Well, we're not all in, you know, a town of <laughs> RFD? 200, 200 people. Uh, there was yeah. more than 200 people there. There might've been 200 people working at the bank. Yeah. But if no, you're, just kidding. Yeah, but if you're, <laughs> if you're talking about, um, like even like a, a large, a large uh, bank, like uh, Bank of America, M&T, Citibank, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could still make a contact there with somebody just, I mean, in your local area yeah. and, and just get that rapport going. Yep. That's important. I remember one of the other things that Chris had said when we talked to him was that he remembers the financial institutions who kind of turned their back on him when he was most in need and he stopped doing business with them. Right. I mean, you know, financial ups and downs are, it's very secular, right? You, you come out of it, you go back into it. It happens to people and you gotta have, it's, it pays to have good partners to work with. It definitely does. Yeah. I've got um, a guy who I have nicknamed unoriginally the banker, but when I talk (laughs) to other people, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm going to go talk to the banker, but I mean, he's, he's, he's a great guy. He deals with SBA loans. He, he has kind of a territory, so he's not in one particular branch at any given time. Um, but I call him with all of my questions, like related to loans or not. And, and he's like, it, he's just like, yeah, he's like, if you have a, if you have a question, he's like, I can point you in the right direction. So it's a great resource for, for me because, you know, I've, I've got that relationship built. I go, I go to the finance guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Mark Upton. Yes. <laughs> for my questions. So, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation with Jonathan. Jonathan is a friend from Arate. So I know him and um, he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is. We've, we've had some conversations with him in the past and he is going to bring some knowledge. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with Jonathan. Hey everyone, we wanted to tell you about our latest course, Foundation 52, that will be available on February 15th. This course is built to provide tools and techniques every week of the year and is designed to improve your small business. If you're thinking about starting a business, this is a great resource for you as well. We walk you through sales, customer service, disaster planning, growth strategies, and so much more. Head on over to SBPace to sign up today. 
All right. Welcome back to the show. We've got Jonathan Federa on, and he is the owner of Integrated Business Financial. Um, he's out of New York, hopefully to be Florida soon, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and we're going to talk to him about small business financing um, and pretty much anything under the sun there. Welcome. Excellent. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Thanks for being on the show, Jonathan. We're excited for our listeners to learn from you today. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the things that we always kind of come across when we talk to, not always, but a lot of times when we talk to small business owners or people who are looking to go into small business is the financing side of things. Most people, they're, they're unsure of how it works. A lot of people are uh, debt adverse. So they, they're you know, like, well, I don't have enough money to open up. And it's like, well, you can spend other people's money. Um, so can you, can you kind of jump into that and like how your business helps, um, you know, people like small business owners like that? Sure. Um, one of the things I'd like to point out is like a lot of people do fear debt, but there's a difference between healthy debt and toxic debt, right? Healthy debt, you know, you're getting a mortgage to buy a house, you're getting a loan to start a business, uh, you're getting a loan for a piece of equipment or maybe a line of credit for marketing. You know, if the debt is producing or allowing your business to produce more than uh, the payment, right? And the return on investment is more than the cost of the capital itself. That's healthy debt. That's actually allowing you to use other people's money to grow and expand at a rate that you couldn't normally otherwise do, right? So um, I actually wrote this last night. I'm working on a book and uh, I'd give you the title. I just don't have it yet. We understand. <laughs> yeah. Really the last thing we came up with on our book was yeah. the title. Yeah. But what, what I will say is like, if you take a, a $500,000 mortgage, right, on an investment property, let's just say 0% down, um, you whatever that payment is, let's just say it's $3,000, which is probably a little on the lower side. At like 4%, 5%, you're still going to pay for the, that house probably around 800, 900,000. Okay. When, when everything's paid off. Now, that's a lot of money and that's at 4%, right? So when you look at it, if that's an investment property and you're renting it out for $3,000 a month, right? You're kind of just breaking even, but you're assuming all of the risk. And if anything goes wrong with it, you have to handle the repairs. On the flip side, if you're renting that out for five or $6,000 a month, right? Not only is it paying for the asset or the asset's paying for itself, but you're also making $3,000 a month in cash flow that you wouldn't normally otherwise made. Okay. And business lending works the exact same way. Right. So if, if you're buying, um, you know, equipment and you get a five-year note at call it 10%, well, guess what? As long as that equipment is bringing in more money on a monthly pay basis than the, the payment, and the cost of the capital, you know, you're, you're increasing your profits by more than the cost of the capital. It makes sense. You're growing at a faster rate than you, you know, might not be able to otherwise, right? It's called using other people's money, OPM. Um, if you look, like, I, am, I have a ton of debt on my personal side, but it's all healthy debt that's helping me earn more money and earn money at a faster clip than, otherwise, than I could otherwise. Same thing when you're starting a business. You know, you have to analyze how much revenue is that business going to do, how much you're going to be able to pay yourself, and compare that to the payment and the cost of capital, right? So a lot of times you can either start a business with, you know, friends and family money, which is stressful. Okay, uh, people, you know, 
God forbid something doesn't work out, you know, you're, you'll never hear the end of it. Family, you know, family gatherings get a little weird. Um, or you go get a simple interest term loan or uh, an SBA startup. SBA startup since the pandemic, not really uh, a thing, but a simple interest term loan, that'll give you everything you need to start the business. And then you pay it back based on the revenues the business is producing, right? That is healthy debt, okay? It's allowing you to get ahead of things and, and structure the business. Unhealthy debt is taking out money that doesn't go into the business to benefit the business, right? Then what you're doing is you're, you're having a negative cash flow based on what you're taking out. And I've seen that before. And when we see that, you know, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I need financing for this, we always do this analysis for them. And if it's unhealthy, we tell them, I mean, hey, this probably isn't a great idea. You know, I'll tell you probably about 10 years ago when I was working for a, a, a direct lender, they made, you know, we had somebody that was coming in and taking, you know, 250, 300,000 every three to six months. And when we analyzed his bank statements after like the fourth time he did it, what you'd see is he, he was actually going to the casino. Like he was taking out the money, going to the casino. And then I'm not, I wish I was kidding. And you would see him like completely bawling out of control. Now the business always paid it back. Right. Yeah. But on the flip side, how much further along could his business have been if he was using that for growth instead of, you know, gambling? Man, sometimes you gotta, you got an itch that you just gotta scratch, Seriously. Jonathan. I don't, I don't get itches like that. That's a serious itch. Yeah, yeah that's bad. Um, yeah. But, and that wasn't cheap financing either back then. <laughs> Um, I'm just finishing this book right now. It's called Sapiens and I'm going to butcher the dude's last name. I think it's, I think it's like Harari. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a, a history of uh, a recap of like the history of humankind. Um, and we're kind of getting close to the present day. Um, and his whole thing was that like, basically the world economy was stagnant until about the 15th century when people discovered what credit was. Yep. And, you know, and from there it was like, oh, well, we can grow our economy essentially exponentially because we're lending money out to people because we know we're going to get it back and then some. Exactly. Um, and so like so many businesses like in countries, I mean, that's where Europe took off, like in the world economy, because they're like, oh, well, we can I'm going to lend you money and you're going to you're going to pay it back plus some. Yep. Um, so. And then there's a lot of things to consider, too, when you're looking into financing. Right. So long like shorter term debt. Right. And I consider short term debt, let's say six to 24 months. OK, shorter term debt, that could be a line of credit or it could be working capital. It could be project funding or invoice factoring. Um, all those programs are good for shorter term needs. Right. Speeding up receivables, marketing, inventory, supplies, hiring. You know, you want to use shorter term uh, lines and shorter term debt for you, you know, over the course of the, when they're going to be used, right? Because think about it, if your business is growing, you're marketing every single month, okay? If your business is growing, you're buying inventory every month. You're, you're hopefully hiring every month. So you use it, pay it off, use it again. Your longer term lines, which would be, let's just say equipment financing, a term, uh, term loan, an SBA loan, those are for bigger purchases that you're going to use over a longer period of time. So usually equipment financing is three to five years. Why? Because that piece of equipment you're gonna at least use for three to five years, if not longer. Same thing, SBA loans, 
SBA loans are really to one, consolidate debt, two, buy a building or, or purchase another business or you know some big expenditure where it's gonna take your business from one level to the next, okay? And that's why you know longer, you don't wanna ever tie up your longer term lines on shorter term needs, ever. That's something that a lot of people, even the people that are in my position, my competition, they don't understand that, you know? You have to match. It's like building a, a house with just a hammer. You can't do it. Well, you can't really build your business with one type of financing program. You need several, all right? And then you have to understand the ins and outs of each uh, financing program, which is, you know, invoice factoring. That's great for business to business. It's great for speeding up your receivables when you're waiting 30, 60, 90 days to get paid, right? Because by you instantly getting that money in 24 hours, even though there is a small cost to it, it allows you to move on to the next job and the next job without you waiting, okay? We actually uh, have a program with Amazon sellers that works the exact same way. Amazon only pays twice a month. Well, we found out a way to get them daily funding so they can continuously buy inventory. And that's like one of our most popular programs. Interesting, yeah. it's. Um... Uh, I, I remember in one of my finance classes, we did some sort of uh, a example problem, whatever, where it was like, you know, basically like proving how working capital works, you know, mm-hmm. paying, like paying up, like paying quickly, paying up front, how that can put you out of business versus like spreading that out and, you know, extending your terms and all of that. Um, and it was really funny because it like it, conceptually, it doesn't make sense until you put it down on paper and don't ask me to do that again because I could never do it again. But <laughs> But I, I saw that it worked. Um, but for uh, uh, for people who might be debt adverse, um, what what would you like if they're looking to get into debt? Would you recommend they get something like a line of credit, just one of those short term things, just so they can kind of get used to it? I think every single business should have a line of credit, and here's why: one, it builds your business credit; two, if something happens, you need to be able to draw money from somewhere. Okay. And three, if you're using it and paying it off, you're not paying that remaining interest. Right. So our goal is to get every single client a line of credit, as long as they fit the parameters, because eventually they are going to need it. And what we do when someone comes in and says, Hey, you know, I need money. We always figure out why do they need the money? How is it going to impact their business in a positive way? And we collect the documents that we need. And then we do a review with them, right? So we do a soft credit check so it doesn't impact their credit. From there, we do a cash flow analysis with them, all 12 months in a spreadsheet so they can see, you know, what their sales are, deposits, average daily balances, if there's any negative days, their credit, their time in business. We review all that and then we felt we let them know what programs we think could be available. And when they say, all right, let's do that, that's when we start working with our underwriters. Right. And, and these are relationships I've built over the last 12, 13 years uh, that allow me to get programs, you know, the right fit for our clients, you know, and then once in a while we'll throw in, you know, helping them save money, accepting credit cards. That's just a value add or a bonus, but people love that as well. Hey, Jonathan, how many of your, what percent of your clients that come to you or people that come to you are working off of their personal credit versus their business credit? That's a great question. Um, what's the best way to answer it? 
the our simple interest term loan is just based on personal credit and provable income. Everybody really does check personal credit, even though some people say, oh, we, we don't need that. Uh, the reason is if they have a bankruptcy or something like that, it, it, it's not going to fly, right? There's no program. I mean, we have, you know, we have programs for almost every, everybody. If they're in a bankruptcy, that doesn't fly. Some of the programs do check business credit as well. So like equipment financing, they're going to look at business credit. Uh, they're going to, SBA is going to look at business credit. Uh, believe it or not, invoice factoring doesn't really look at your business credit, but your customers and clients' business credit, which is a really good way if somebody is unsure or if they have problematic clients, they get confirmation, hey, these guys should be paying cash only or cash on delivery instead of offering them terms. So I don't really think it's a percentage. Yeah, lines of credit as well, look at business credit. So it really depends program by program. I'd say 50% look at business and personal. The other 50% just personal. It also matters the size too, right? Typically the higher the amount, they do want to see business credit as well. From the, I mean, you, you know, the, the difference there, you're saying the personal uh, credit versus business credit. Um, where, where do you, um, like, where would you suggest somebody draw the line in terms of like putting a personal guarantee on, uh, you know, some sort of credit or loan? That's a tough one, right? Um, the reason it's a tough one for me is I really do believe if you're going to borrow money, you need to have the intention of, of paying it back, right? Now, there's some financing that's collateralized, right? And then there's some that isn't, right? But in terms of a PG, you know, even on like the lowest programs, which is like a working capital line, you're still having a PG against fraud, right? But they're just collateralizing the business's sales. Um, you know, some of it is not going to follow people around, but if they do apply for business financing again, it will, right? Um, equipment financing, it's just based on the equipment, but there is a, there is a PG component of that. Uh, SBA is probably the most aggressive across all platforms because, you know, sometimes they have to put up personal collateral, right? So if you go and get an SBA loan, like I, I had a call from some, uh, one of my Arte brothers the other night, he was a little uh, panicky because he, what he wanted to do is he wanted to go in and use the equity in his home to buy another property. Well, when he tried to do that, he couldn't because the SBA actually had a lien on his personal house from an SBA loan he did. Mm -hmm. And he really wasn't aware. He didn't know how to track down who to speak with to see if they would, uh, it's called subordinating that lien. So he could use some, some of the equity in his house. But again, it's program the program and you really have to be very clear. Like if you don't think you're going to be able to pay it back, you should never take the loan out in the first place. Uh, but some of it really isn't, doesn't really impact you, you too bad. Like if you're going to do a simple interest term loan to start a business, you should know that you're probably not going to be, you know, you're not going to try to buy a house in the next two years. Why? Because that's going to show up on your credit and it's going to impact your debt to income ratio, right? Debt to income ratio is just how much am I making and what are my monthly payments, you know, going out. Uh, on the flip side, you know, on the business side, what we look at is their payment to income ratio, right? So somebody's doing $100,000 a month in, in revenue going into their business. One, they look at their cash flow. Cash flow is, you know, how, how much is being deposited? What's the consistency of that? And how many deposits? What's their average daily balance? Are there any negative days? So they analyze the cash flow to figure out what payment they can afford, either on a 
monthly basis or sometimes weekly or sometimes, you know, Monday through Friday. It really depends on what type of program they're getting into. So have you seen a pretty significant uptick in um, people needing finance after the, you know, the last 12 months that we've been through or as things slowed down because people have been like, I don't want to really do anything right now. So I, that's a great question. There has been a big uptick. The big uptick started when the PPP and EIDL was announced. I think we did like five or 600 of them in that little window. And what I've seen is since then, uh, it's starting to get a little bit busier, but businesses either adapted and figured it out or unfortunately went under. Right. And now that's with this second round of PPP, I'm not seeing the same level of uh, craziness and urgency that we saw in the first go round. The reason being some people don't qualify for it. Others, like all those clients we already helped, they're already basically getting enrolled in it again if they if they wanted it. Yeah. But I do think a lot of businesses, especially the weaker ones, unfortunately, went out and the businesses that are still around have adapted, you know, their models to, to kind of account for all the, the stuff that's gone on in the past 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is sad to, to see so many, you know, businesses go out of business, but, you know, kind of on the flip side, that's almost like natural selection to, you know, to a degree where it's like, I mean, it, it's sad to say that, but, you know, like it, it hopefully the, the benefit from this is we're going to get stronger businesses and better businesses and all of that. Um, you know, once we, once we kind of get out of the woods here, um, we're going to start wrapping up, but before we go, uh, what is one piece of knowledge that you would like to share with all of our small business owners out there? I would say, don't be afraid to, you know, go for it. Right. So if you have an idea that's going to improve your business and you need money to do that, if you need to borrow, I would tell them, you know, do that, make sure you're getting responsible financing but the more you invest into your business, the better off you're gonna be, right? Because the stronger your business is, uh, especially like having a line of credit just to back you up and just in case something happens, you know, you, you have safety nets in place. And at, if you're always expanding, you have a very, very strong business as long as your, your cash flow can support that. So the stronger your business is, the more money you're gonna make and the more stability you're gonna have, which is something every business owner craves awesome Thanks. great advice yeah can you tell everybody how they can uh get in touch with you learn more about what you do absolutely so you could follow me on uh instagram it's just jonathan federa same thing on facebook or go to my website www.integratedbusinessfinancing.com Great. Well, thanks again, Jonathan. And thanks to all of our listeners and all of the information that uh, Jonathan just gave us will be in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. You can connect with us on social media as well. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach us on sbpace.com or bizquickpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, like us, and give us a review. We love feedback. Oh, we sure do love feedback. Also, if there are any topics you want to hear about, let us know. You can fill out the contact us form and give us some ideas on guests or topics we can cover. And oh, hey, we wrote a book. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness 
and it comes with a companion digital workbook. That's it for BizQuick today. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.